Not going to lie. Getting more and more worried as the days go by. I have heard from more farmers than I would care to admit who are looking very seriously at either quitting or moving out of Washington State because of the level of pressure and uncertainty that they're facing right now. Now, I know we have there are issues. Those need to be discussed. Things need to get figured out. But if we create a climate here in Washington where we grow less and less and less of our own food, I believe that's a major problem. And I think a lot of folks across this state do too. And if we're going to trumpet this idea of eat local and buy local and you know keep food closer to home, we have got to get serious about it. And this is that moment. This is not crying wolf. This is very serious where the, f- the future of farming in Washington state is threatened. We've been talking about so many issues around this lately. Um, and there are, uh, there's still a laundry list of things to be concerned about. Hence people talking very seriously about maybe I need to get out of Washington. <sighs> Scary. It, 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 as someone who grew up in farming here in Washington and Whatcom County. Uh, welcome back to The Farming Show, by the way. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790. Um, first and foremost, though, I would say, at least my, in my estimation, I think some others would agree with me, first and foremost, the most immediate threatening pressure on farmers right now is this uh, the, the possibility of being penalized to the tune of millions upon millions of dollars for never having broken the law, having followed the rules, and the situation within the past week has gotten, sadly, in some ways, even worse than it was. You know, we've been talking about this bill and the state Senate that would at least bring a little bit of sanity to this whole concept of overtime and particularly do farmers now that the court the state supreme court has decided that farmers should be paying time and a half over 40 hours a week for workers this idea that that well if they've made that decision now they need to go back three years and be subject to lawsuits that would seek to get you know a retroactive back pay for the 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 time and a half that they didn't pay before the law had been essentially reinterpreted by the courts this bill we were saying this makes sense this needs to happen to protect the future of a lot of people's jobs a lot of farm workers jobs and farms and producing food here in washington state they had been unfortunately been sitting on it in Olympia. It hadn't been moving. Well, it finally moved, but not without some major changes that totally changed the equation in some ways. Joining me right now with the Washington Policy Center, someone who has been following this very closely, Pam Lewison. She's the director of their Center for Agriculture. Pam, explain what happened within the past week or so with this bill, Senate Bill 5172, um, that had been a good idea and had been a light at the end of the tunnel for some of these issues for farmers and now has shifted entirely from that. Sure. So the original bill, as it was filed by Senator King, would have protected not just farm workers uh, and farmers, but any uh, overtime exempt 
industry from these seeking um, seeking these these back pay requests in any form of lawsuit. So originally, the intent of this bill was essentially to to keep us all safe from these look back uh, ideas and suits. Late last week, to keep the bill moving, it needed to head out of committee. And to make that happen, an amendment was added to it that uh, not only did sort of canceled out the original intent of the bill by adding a, a, a retroactive piece, but it also added the suggestion that perhaps what needed to occur to ensure that that back pay was in fact paid, uh, it would have it would establish a uh, essentially an escrow account through um, the Department of Labor and Industries, where farmers would pay into that account, and then L and I would in turn um, track down your former employees and pay them from that account uh, for the next six years or so, with a a twelve percent interest penalty on top of it uh, that farmers will have to pay. This is this whole unfair idea that we've been talking about for weeks now, actually months, because we've been talking about the possibility and would the court leave the door open to this and and hopefully they wouldn't because it was so blatantly unfair and unconstitutional. And then they did leave the door open to it in their decision. And now it's it's legitimately on the table with, I think, over 30 lawsuits now that have been filed against farms seeking these penalties, this back pay for something that farmers you know they were following the law as it was written as it had been understood the whole time so this is that speed limit analogy that we've been talking about where the speed limit changes and then imagine a situation where that happened and then you have to go pay speeding tickets for all the years at least back three years for you having followed the speed limit the whole time you have a different analogy pam uh and i think it's another fitting example just to bring clarity to the unfairness of this concept. Again, we're talking with Pam Lewis, and she's the director for the Initiative on Agriculture with a Washington Policy Center think tank here in the state. Uh, the way you described it in your recent piece, and, and this piece uh, out just this week, uh, retroactive overtime is a fiction, is the headline, and I want to get into more of why that is. WashingtonPolicyCenter.org is where you can find her blog posts, including this one, but you uh, describe it. You you open the piece saying, imagine paying off the mortgage to your home in full and on time. Then, a month later, receiving a letter from the bank outlining hmm, an additional three years of payments owed because the bank decided your interest rate changed after you'd paid your mortgage off. How insanely unfair would that be? And that is an interesting and an illuminating analogy to what's happening right now. So what we're talking about here, back to the, the bill as it had been in the state Senate, it, we weren't talking about eliminating the concept of back pay entirely in cases where someone had broken the law and not paid workers what they were owed. That certainly would still be a thing. But this concept of overtime when it hadn't been the law then having to be paid retroactively, that you're saying that's a fiction. Explain what that is. I mean, we're obviously calling out how unfair it is, but you're saying it's, it shouldn't even be on the books. It shouldn't even be legal. 
Right. So if you look at the the court ruling that this centers around, it's it's a wages and hours dispute, essentially. And it is also a a meal and break time dispute. So this is a lawsuit about dairies in particular and workers claiming first and foremost that they were um, they were not given their meal breaks and their mandatory breaks. Uh, you know, in the mornings and in the afternoons, as you would expect in an eight-hour workday. That part of the lawsuit was settled. And, uh, you know, you can argue that everyone should have a break during the course of their day uh, per our regular rules as as any employer should have. Uh, then the other question is about the overtime portion. And ag has been exempt to to overtime pay for more than 60 years. So and overtime pay as in time and a half as a high yeah not that people yes. are working overtime and not getting paid right. It, right right but having to pay time and a half is something that ag employers have not had to do in recognition of the cyclical nature of agriculture employment but there are times when you're going to have to work 50 60 hours a week and there are other times when you'll probably work maybe 10 or 15 mm-hmm. um and in in this particular court case, the difference is that the court ruled that working with livestock is inherently dangerous. And that's the difference. So it's not that something else changed. It's that they interpreted part of our Constitution differently now and applied it specifically to the dairy industry, saying the job that you do is is dangerous. And because of that, you should deserve this time and a half pay after you've worked 40 hours. Now, you can argue the 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 fairness or unfairness of that um, as much as you want. You know, as a farmer, I would argue that that's kind of a, that's sort of a negligible argument, but that's the ruling such as it is. Mm -hmm. That, however, does not change that up until that court ruling occurred, those employees were getting paid their full wage as it was laid out by the law. So looking at that and saying, well, now you owe me time and a half even though I was already paid in full for the work that I've already done, to me is just making up a story because you want more money. It it doesn't jive with any common sense or legal thinking that I'm aware of. It just, when you break it all down like that, it doesn't make sense. Now back to this bill. And again, this is the farming show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. We're talking with Pam Lewison with the Washington Policy Center. Uh, she's also an Eastern Washington crop farmer. Uh, th- this bill would have said, okay, this whole retroactive overtime thing is obviously very unfair. Doesn't make sense. Let's you know. Let's say th- this sh- this part of this whole big picture issue should not be happening because it's just not fair and. And then this amendment that you were explaining basically turns around and and correct me if I'm wrong here, Pam, in how I'm characterizing it, basically takes that, which had been a common sense piece of legislation, very straightforward, fairly simple, quite simple as far as bills go. And it says, okay, uh, how about let's amend this to say, okay, well, farmers, you won't have to face these lawsuits anymore because that would have been the mechanism that, you know, under the court ruling that 
that uh, workers and, and lawyers would be going after this back pay money and say, okay, well, we, those lawsuits can't happen anymore. But the way we're going to keep that from happening is forcing farmers to still all pay that back pay in full to everyone plus 12% interest. And I'm seeing a situation here that's even worse than without this bill in the in the first place is that i mean is that a stretch here i don't think that's a stretch but i do think that um, as a community we all need to um, look at the longevity of the session you know lucky luckily Mm. we're in the 105 day session so we have a long time to go yet we're still in february session doesn't end until the end of april so um, we still have a lot of time yeah. to advocate for ourselves, and we should do that. And not only should we be advocating for ourselves, but we should also be asking our employees to advocate for yeah. themselves as well. Because we're talking about something that, um, while it does affect us as farm owners, more importantly, it in, it affects the ability of our employees to continue to be employed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's an opportunity here for us to gather around as a, a community at large and say, this is something that has a ripple effect well beyond just what you might think. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to really sit down with our employees, explain what's happening explain what it will mean to them on a paycheck to paycheck basis and, and explain to them how they can help us in turn, help them. Um, And also, you know, bear in mind, um, you know, legislation has lots of negotiation that Mm -hmm. goes along with it. So even though right this minute, it seems really worrisome and concerning and it should, um, we still have a long time to go before well, this. And, and, and I think that's the message I want to get across. I mean, 100% I agree. This can still be negotiated, but I, I don't want to uh, back off from the message that it needs to be. And we need to speak out because as it stands now, this is even more harmful than the situation before this bill started. It, it is, it is terrible. Again, that's how it stands now. And I hope and pray for the future of farming in this state that significant changes get made and negotiated. And I'll let the folks who do that do their thing. Um, and I also understand, you know, part of the calculus here politically was, well, at least this bill didn't die and it's moving forward. And there's truth to that. But at the same time, I think everybody needs to be aware that this bill, and it, it puts me in an awkward position because I've been out telling people, we need to support this bill. This is so important to the future of agriculture. It may seem like a simple thing, but a lot of farms are going to go out of business. A lot of farm workers are going to lose their jobs unless they do this bill. Well, now with the changes, I have to go back and say, now this bill which i wanted to support i now have to oppose and say this thing unless it's changed significantly is terrible for farming in washington state and i agree with you that we need to come together as a community and speak out about the truth about all of this so you're saying at the end of the day retroactive overtime and again we're talking with pam lewison with the washington policy center just a minute or two left here on the farming show um you're saying it's a fiction so why how is it still on the table then why what does it will it take for more sane heads (laughs) to prevail here 
I think what it's really going to take is all of us together um, expressing what it really means uh, to not to our bottom lines. I think, you know, yeah. as, as a farm community, we get really tied into the economics and we get really tied into what it means because we're very science driven people. Yep. We really need to talk about this in terms of what this is going to do on a gut check level. And we need to talk about it as people, not as business owners, the human impact. And that right. is even, I think far greater in this case where we've gotten to than the economic impact is the human impact of this. I, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And I think the you know the the lasting message that we need to give to our legislators is that what this is really doing is impacting people's ability to put food on the table and food on the table for their families, for their kids. And you know we're we are still in the midst of dealing with all of the effects of COVID and what that has done to our communities. And adding on top of that with something like this that puts even more people potentially out of work and puts more people in a situation where they're food insecure is something that nobody should want or support. Yeah, well, I see folks, uh, our friends over at the Washington Farm Bureau, some folks over there circulating kind of a, a graphic, a meme um, don't have it in front of me, but basically it says, hey, would the last farmer to leave Washington State please close the gate? And, you know, I hope that isn't prophetic, but I am truly deeply worried about it, probably more than I ever have been um, at this point. With this situation, plus several other things that are being talked about in Olympia right now uh, that we didn't even have time to get into this morning, need to have you back soon, Pam, because I know you're tracking a lot of stuff in Olympia. Um, and it's a good reminder. It's a long session. There are a lot of bills out there. Some of these bills hopefully will just die and go away, um, because they're so harmful, but certainly uh, this is a moment where, you know, if a lot of this stuff happens, it will forever change the face of farming and the farming community and that human impact here in Washington. Uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing. I know you're kind of in the trenches with this and there's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, best of luck to you uh, as you continue to f- the fight to bring the truth out and, and expose the facts as you folks do so well there at the at Washington Policy Center. Well, thank you for the time this morning, Dylan. I appreciate it.